0: Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Coming at you on this Thursday, September 16, 2021 A lot to get into as another week of college football is on the way Another set of NFL games, week two, kicking off tonight between the New York Giants and the Washington football team So, promises to be a good one, hopefully, for both teams Um, There's a lot also going on in the sports world you know, Major League Baseball heating up as they near the end of their regular season. There's a lot of things to get into uh, in due time, which I will get into. Uh, but where I will start off for today's episode, talking about, is previewing the Thursday night football game between the Giants and the Washington football team. Uh, definitely a huge matchup early on for both teams. Obviously a division game, and a lot of division games are pretty close and can be um, you know little terms of the, look at the history the NFC East has always been uh, very interesting to say people have said that the NFC East is the worst division of football uh, others have said that you know you've seen some interesting talent uh, but this matchup is very intriguing to, um, considering how both teams obviously looked last week um, and now the question is can they play better and get the win uh, tonight so let me start with um, the Washington football team Taylor Heineke is getting the start tonight Brian Fitzpatrick unfortunately suffered an injury to his hip will be out probably for a good two three weeks maybe four weeks at the most Um, so the whole question now is um, you know what's gonna happen with this team and their, you know, expectations and their goals for this season. You know, Hila Heineke obviously has had a couple of starts in the NFL. Um, you know, obviously he was most notable, known for his debut against the Bucks in postseason. Um, really interesting overall uh, to see what he's going to be able to do. Um, you know, Washington, uh, definitely what they're going to try to do a lot more probably in this game is try to run the football. You know, Antonio Gibson may be fully healthy um, and McKissick as well. So Washington may come out running the football a lot more just to have it ease in Taylor Heineke into the game. And so, you know, how he does uh, is going to be really interesting because you look at last week, I mean, it was a game in which there were a lot of turnovers, but it was more sloppy uh, than most things, and, you know, Washington being able to execute more in the, in the plus side of the field, that is what uh, they're going to try to do, is try to actually score be more aggressive, I think, in this game than they were last week, you know, so that is something that, right out of the game, Washington may do. For so the Giants, a couple names to watch in this game, in my opinion, uh, first and foremost, Saquon Barkley. Obviously, we know the kind of things that have been said about the Giants after Week One. Some analysts have already said like it's enough of Daniel Jones, moving in a different direction. You know, um, you know what's wrong with Saquon? Is he going to be the same back that he used to be? Uh, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, two names that I think. Are going to be important to watch tonight. You know, Saquon obviously just seeing him be able to get a lot more touches. You know, have more success on the running uh, running game, and that starts with the O line uh, being able to be much better than they were last last week, where they got kind of got pushed around by Denver on that front line. As a result, they just could never get anything going. So, the running game for the Giants and Saquon, how he's able to. Uh, do, obviously, playing after, you know, missing most of last season. You know, you just hope that he's good enough to give you more than he would give you last week. And, you know, being able to provide a boost uh, in key in situations, you know, that's what needs to be, you know, seen. he to be able to produce when he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, I would love to see him get the pass out of the backfield a couple of times. Because I think that would do well for him to get him going. Um, the field. Kenny Galde, um, you know, had about four catches, 64 yards last week. He's gonna have to do a lot more this, in this game, especially against uh, the cornerback for the Washington football team, and William Jackson. Um, just being able to win that matchup and get some, you know, separation, get down the field. They have to really attack this Washington secondary the way that Justin Herbert was doing it. They have to really be more productive and be able to score and put up touchdowns because they got off to a fast start last week, when Denver scored like 20 points straight, and Jones fumbled. Uh, things kind of fell out of control after that. So it's really about being able to score and be consistent with that throughout the game in order, in order to get a better result. This game could be a defensive battle considering how both the offense is made. Like I said, rely on the running game. Um, short passes, play action, you know. So both defenses, you know, didn't play at their best in week one. I mean, Chase Young for the Washington football team, he was held without a sack. You know, had a couple of quarterback hits and hurries, but Chase Young, considering how the year he had last year, you know, he does have a better matchup against the Giants, of going up against their offensive linemen. That's where you want to see how well they can kind of pass protect and keep him out of the game. You know, they definitely will pressure Daniel Jones a lot. Uh, and the Giants as well, their defense has to do the same thing. they got to be able to force uh, Tyler Heineke to pass the ball, kind of lift some, got to mix it up. You know, how both quarterbacks respond under pressure, what kind of decisions they make under pressure, that will definitely be a key thing in this game. And that will decide the outcome. You know, so... Um, that's something to watch out for um you know as I mentioned before off the top Antonio Gibson the running back for the Washington football team if he's healthy and good to go uh he may get a lot of touches and he's a pretty decent back um so just seeing how both teams do in the red zone obviously you know their play calling Jason Garrett for the Giants like I said his play calling has been really interesting I would say um since last season. You just want to see now them be a little more aggressive. Uh, Daniel Jones, although, you know, you just want to see him have a, have a good game and be able to take advantage of certain matchups. You know, that is a thing that you, we have to see from him, being able to be consistent. You know, we saw those passes last week. There were some signs where he was playing really well, but then you saw the same kind of things again. Like I said, like, like you know, he lost a fumble and then, you know, just... Uh, not being able to execute in the red zone and the plus area of the field. So that's something that you want to see change for for the Giants to have a bigger chance in this game. Now the Washington defense um uh, allowed 14 of 19 on third down last week to the Chargers. That was a huge reason why the Chargers were able to hold on to the victory. So third down in this game will be really important um for Washington, if they want to be able to have a chance of winning this one, you got to get off the field on third down. And whether it was some penalties, whether it was just the right spot, you just want to see them get off the field because that may give them a chance of being able to have more time with the football. So, the keys for the Washington football game, uh, team in this game, I think number one, uh, I think you got to see them be aggressive in their passing offense you know you want to see them get the ball to their wide receivers and McLaurin Um, you know getting the ball to McLaurin and obviously uh, Curtis Samuel you want to see them have a much better passing attack Uh, that would be really important they got to be more aggressive in the passing game Um, you know considering what Bridgewater did against. the Giants last week. Um, you know, there is a for the spot receivers to the, the Washington football team to make some plays. So that is the first key. I think number two, the Washington defense. Uh, Justin Herbert had his way, or almost almost had his way last week. Well, the Washington defense, uh, you know, they were an elite group last year down the stretch. Can they find a way to be dominant tonight? You know, being able to make it tough for the giants are on their offense to get them out, out of their rhythm early on you know that will be crucial they can generate a pass rush get some sacks force jones to pass the ball more in the shotgun you know they'll have a better chance of turnovers there and i think that number three just want to see this washington football running game really uh, be our center of focus you know, trying to establish that early on um, because if they able to establish that early on and kind of wear down the Giants and then that will lead to a lot more opportunities in the play-action passing game so I think those are the keys for the watch ball team. They want to win this game. They're going to need a lot from, more, from Tyler Heineken, no doubt uh, but they're going to need their running game to be good in the red zone area and um, Because we know that the Giants have a stout front and they couldn't make it a little bit difficult uh, because, you know, considering how they allowed that big touchdown last week to Gordon, um, you know, they may present a challenge to Gibson. You just want to see if they can uh, find a way around that. I think for the Giants to win um, in this game, I think number one, um, you know, you've got to be able to have good pass protection. Uh, Daniel Jones was pressured a lot last week. Uh, Obviously, Denver really did their job of staying disciplined and keeping him in check and not letting him get out of the pocket too much and make plays. Pass protection is going to be a key because the blitzes that Washington may come at this offensive line with, they're going to be able to handle that. I think number two, Daniel Jones has to play turnover free. If he can just stay away from turning the football over, if he can just make smart throws, make the passes he has to make, go through his reads, You can just get everybody going in a, in a nice way, you know, it would be great. Him forcing the issue is what I don't, don't want to see. Um, so if he can just play better turnover free, that may help the Giants defense a lot more, um, you know, be able to center in on Tyler Heineke. And I think number three, overall, um, you know, you got to be able to uh, the secondary uh, be disciplined uh, be able to get off the field not allow those big completions and you know they have to be able to tackle well and see well on that defense you know there were a lot of missed spots last week you know they got to be disciplined in that approach and that will really start with um, you know a focus on just tackling being able to see what they're trying to do in their formations overall um so I think that will be a, a key thing to watch out for is how well do they manage that and keep it going overall you know And they can kind of keep everything in front of them on defense um it may be better you know you just want to see them kind of generate pressure force Taylor Heineke to make tough throws um you know that secondary of the Giants is the key, I think. If they can just limit big plays, make Washington go up, up and down the field and you know not allow it in the end zone, I think that will, will be a good uh, indicator they can win the game. So Daniel Jones and the Giants, I think they've beaten Washington on the last five times the teams have met. Daniel Jones himself is 4-0 against Washington. Boy, my I nervous of picking the Giants in this one Just because they've been able to beat Washington uh, Quite a bit The last couple of seasons um, You know They've been able to really Do a good job Of You know Being able to win those games Whether it be high scoring, low scoring So You know, something tells me that This game tonight will be a tough one No doubt but if the Giants can beat Tyler Heineke and the Washington Football Team, it's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's Taylor Heineke, who yes has had some success. They can't beat Tyler Heineke, then I don't know what game they're gonna win going forward. Uh, this is a prime opportunity for this Giants defense to rebound from the way that they kind of got blitzed last week after you know having a decent game with some interceptions. As for this Giants needs this Giants offense to get back on track, get healthy. It is a tough opponent in Washington. But I think that the Giants find a way to win this one. It will be close. They're not going to blow away Washington, I think, in this game. But they've got to be able to make some plays. Okay, the pressure is already mounting <laughs> after one game, you know, ways in New York. pressure is already mounting on the Giants already. People are already like same old thing with Daniel Jones he can't do anything uh you know he can't win he doesn't look like he's doing well with all his offensive weapons I mean they have all the weapons they have the talent on offense to be better Jason Garrett do something different be more aggressive I think they find a way to be aggressive late in this game I think they'll win by a couple of points and they'll get back on track with a win So I'm picking the Giants to win I think this is obviously a second week in a row. Uh, I just really want to win a game. <laughs> but I just think that in terms of the matchup itself, okay, you have Tyler Heineke. It's just a short week. Obviously, it does favor the home team most of the time. But you know, with Joe Judge and the way that he is, I think they'll find a way to get this victory um, tonight uh, with a much better approach uh, on offense. In this next segment I want to continue with my uh, NBA uh, 2021-2022 season previews and I want to talk about the San Antonio Spurs and what their outlook will be for this coming season. So obviously the Spurs have been through a couple of uh, rough patches lately It's a franchise, you know. At one point obviously they were competing for titles, making the postseason. Um, consistently. But the last couple of seasons, a lot of roster turnover, a lot of changes. You know, they had Kawhi Leonard. Uh, the whole situation with his injury. Not going like coming back to play. Um, you know, Tony Parker retiring. You know, you had Duncan retiring. Ginobili calling their career. So the Spurs have been through a lot. Greg Popovich, although it has been through all of it. Popovich is obviously the longest... 10 head coach, I think, in the NBA as of today. Um, Popovich has been through a lot, obviously, just coaching so many different aspects for this team. Uh, he's been the, kind of the heart and soul of the Spurs for a, a long period of time, you know, and then also delivering that expertise, that excellence to USA basketball in the same way. But, you know, he comes into the season, obviously, with a lot of young talent that showed some signs of. Uh, excellence last year, and some moments where they still have a lot to do uh, to get to the point to be uh, back in contention. You know, so um, you look at Dejounte Murray; he's someone who's been there quite a, a while now. Averaged 15 points, six assists last year. You have Devin Vassell, who was their uh, first-round draft last year. Uh, he's going to have to be someone that they need to really count on and rely on this season keep on progressing in the breakout in year two. You know, he can do, uh, he can really do it. Um, I think in terms of his development, I think it's coming along fairly well. You just want him to see him kind of become a little more better in terms of his techniques and his own ability to defend. Um, but he is someone who's going to be able to provide them that shooting that they need going forward. Um, to me, all of this season, like the Spurs, Bigs, are going to be a concern because, you know, they have some young centers who can obviously defend and score and provide them that rebound that they need. But, you know, in terms of the Western Conference, I mean, the Spurs don't really have um, the big centers on their roster to match up well against those centers. I think that the Spurs are going to be really um, dominated against in the paint. You know, they go up against obviously the Lakers or the Clippers or Denver, for all that matter. You know, there will be a, a yeah, it would be a tough situation for those players to really be able to do a, a whole lot, you know. But this season when it comes down to the Spurs of continued to see guys like uh John T. Murray, uh, Trey Jones, I think, some another name in there, Pascal Kelton Johnson. Um, you know, you wanna see the Spurs continue to uh, find ways to improve. Now they don't have to mark DeRozan anymore obviously he would have left for uh, Chicago. But, you know, it's all about the next leader of this team. And if you look at Devin Vessel; he's someone who can be that player, possibly. Keldon Johnson could be another one. You know, the Spurs are gonna need a lot of, of good uh, play, especially in late game situations now. You know, you wanna see who's gonna really emerge as that top guy who can score, get you a basket when you need to get a basket. You know, so Popovich obviously is a great coach, and he always finds his finds a way to get his team ready. Um, but he's gonna have a tough time getting this team back to the postseason unless they start really improving in key areas and being able to kind of hang with some of those top teams in the conference. Uh, so with that being said, I think the Spurs will find themselves, uh, you know, competing for the 10th spot in the Western Conference. Um, I think that. They have some upside there. You just want to see if the Spurs way can help these young um, these young ones, uh, you know, find a way to um, improve and show enough good progress where they can keep on kind of building on this young foundation and the future look at this team. So now I want to transition to talking about uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Who finished 33 and 39 last season? The Hornets were playing well. They were one of the most interesting and surprising teams last year uh, when the when season began. Uh, they didn't finish as strong, you know, losing five games in a row uh, to, to end their season. They lost in the play tournament game against the Indiana Pacers, in which we knew that heading into that matchup, you know, they just weren't. Um, playing their best basketball, obviously, you know, just some missed opportunities, you know. But Indiana was obviously more experienced at that time and just played the better game on that night, you know. So, obviously, LaMelo Ball was a huge, huge bright spot for the Hornets last season. You know, he won Rookie of the Year despite missing some games, Um, you know, but he definitely provided that shooting, that kind of assist-making, kind of production that you need to see from your top pick. And he's definitely, definitely has the talent, the ability to continue to build upon what he did in year one. You know, main thing for him, although, is just being able to see how the Hornets kind of build around him. Now, they, they did sign, you know, Terry Rozier to an extension, which was a good thing to do because Terry Rozier for the Hornets led, opposite team in scoring. You know, so Rozier has been pretty good. Gordon Hayward, obviously, was a big addition. He played... Uh, particularly well when he when he got it going. He did miss some time, although. But when he was playing, he was shooting really well from the from the floor, providing some good points and assists as well. But you know, you saw them play with some good pace, some good style overall. You know, it's just about health and about Hayward and Lamelo Ball being both healthy and able for a full season. Just he just hasn't done. Seeing these guys finish stronger at the end is the main thing, you know. Obviously Gordon Hayward has talked about it in the off season about, you know, the motivation, how so they were a young team and they are still a young team, um, with a couple of veterans and they had their opportunity. They could have finished maybe in the eighth, ninth seed, maybe, or even made it better. Um, but they just kinda of fall down the stretch. So, you know, the talent they they do have with the mellow ball, hopefully continue to improve. Hornets may be able to make a jump up, I think, this year. Maybe to the 9th seed, the 8th seed. Um, Possibly the 8th seed, you know. Um, They just got to be much better on defense as well. Um, You know, just being able to kind of stay with it and find ways to keep getting more out of their lineup, you know. And obviously with LaMelo Ball, you know, had a good first season. Second year, just want to see him kind of uptake more and scoring, uh, but also be able to just kind of improve on defense, get other guys playing well. You want to see his leadership and his chemistry with Gordon Hayward kind of grow a lot more this season, and hopefully that will lead to more wins for the Charlotte Hornets and a better, better spot for the play-in tournament this season.